Alright, so today we'll be finishing Mark chapter 11, going from around verse 23 to the end, and then we'll be starting our study of chapter 12. So let's have a prayer, and then we can begin the lesson time. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for today, and again, we are glad to be here to study your words. We pray that your spirit would guide us and give us the true understanding of your righteous words. And may they speak to us um, the true things of life, even as you have intended uh, for them to, to bring life to us. Uh, we thank you for this, and we ask in Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, Mark 11, starting with verse... Uh, 22 or 2023, okay, Jesus had just said previously, have faith in God. Um, Peter had questioned Jesus about the fig tree that withered because it had no fruit, right? He says, look what happened to the fig tree. Um, and so we can see again how, how God's power works. And also we can see uh, there's a lesson that Jesus was teaching through that fig tree that had no fruit. And so Jesus caused it to wither. And it was a useless tree from that time forward, right? It was shriveled up. And this was uh, speaking about the condition of uh, Israel, what had happened. They, they did not produce the fruit that, that God was looking for when he sent Jesus. When we come to chapter 12, we're going to see more about that same idea. Okay, Jesus teaches a parable that talks very specifically about that. So, uh, first, let's begin here with verse 23 of chapter 11. Okay, maybe uh, Betty can read for us. 27. 27. 27. I'm sorry. 23. 23. 23. Yeah. We're just recapping a little bit from yesterday. Mm -hmm. Have faith in God, uh, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go through yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that mm, what, he, what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. All right. Thank you. <clears throat> so, uh, Jesus taught this lesson to Peter when he brought up the question, right? Uh, first lesson was, have faith in God. Uh, do not doubt God's word and trust, trust that... Um, that God will do great things for those who have faith in Him. Right? Trust that God will do great things. Uh, and so he, he uses the example, you know, if you say to this mountain, go and throw yourself into the sea, and you don't doubt in your heart, but you believe, he says, um, then it will be done for you. Right? That God can move mountains for His people. Oh, really? Yeah, sure. <laughs> right? It says he can move mountains. Now, sometimes it's not always a physical mountain. Sometimes it could be uh, very like a big difficulty in our life, 
right? Uh, sometimes it could be some kind of a difficult thing for us to get around or to go through or whatever. And it says that, that God can move mountains, right? Now, literally, God moves things. Yeah, certainly God can move the mountains if He chooses to. Um, uh, God has moved oceans before. You know, He split the oceans, the Red Sea. He split so that His people could go through the Red Sea. Uh, as, yeah, right? As they were traveling out of, out of Egypt. They were going to the Promised Land. So God can do these things, no problem. And Jesus says, if we have faith, you know, and we trust God, um, then we can see amazing things happen. God. Yeah, sure. God will do great things for His people who trust, for His people who have faith in Him. Sometimes I wonder, how strong faith do I have to? Uh, just uh, Jesus uh, moved the mountain for, him, for me. Mm. I wonder. Mm. Uh, I believe in God, mm -hmm. but just, uh, I think it never happened. Mm. Like, I just said, <laughs> uh -huh. just the spiritual mountain traverse, uh -huh. uh, high mountains, we can, we can uh, overcome uh -huh. the traverse, uh -huh. but real mountains never can move. Why never? I just I can't believe it. Only that part. Uh huh. Uh, you you so. should do pray more sincerely. So <laughs> uh -huh. how how strong faith uh, I have to do uh -huh. if I can if I uh, hmm. want to move yeah. the mountains. Yeah. yeah, God can move the mountains, right? It's not a problem for him. Did you pray for that? For God to move a, a literal mountain. <laughs> I never prayed for that. No. I want to see real things. Uh huh. He can do it. Uh, it's not a problem for God. That's the thing. The point is, the point that Jesus is making is not that God wants to just move a mountain. I mean, he put the mountain there for a reason. You know, maybe he doesn't need to move the mountain. But the point that he's making is that you know God can move a mountain if he needs to move a mountain. Right. God moves in, yeah, sure, God can move and God has moved oceans before. God has caused the ground to even swallow up people before, people who were sinning and they were punished by being swallowed up by the ground, right? Mm -hmm. So God is the God of all things. The kind of description, description about, uh, in the Bible moved to mountains. Sure. Well, I mean, in Revelation, it talks about when Jesus comes that the mountains will be shaken down to nothing and that the islands will disappear. The islands in the sea will disappear under the water and mountains will be shaken down because of a very strong, violent earthquake at the coming of Jesus, right? It talks about that. But, you know, God is the one who created this world. He's the God of all nature. He's the God of everything. Uh, so when he wants to do something, it's very, it's very simple for him. You know, God has made the sun stand still before, right? Um, God has caused the sun to go backwards 10 degrees in the days of, um, what was the guy's name? I can't even think of it now. Uh, it will come to me after, after a little bit. Okay, but um, anyway, the, the sun standing still for one day was during the time of Joshua. Um, the other one was, I think it was Hezekiah. Hezekiah, uh, during the days of Hezekiah, that God made the sun go back 10 degrees as a sign for his people, right? So for God to move the things of nature is not a problem, 
right? He can do that. He's moved oceans. He's moved the land before. He's caused it to swallow up people. He's brought fire down from heaven. Um, God has moved the sun or caused it to stand still. Uh, these things are not a problem for God, right? He's the designer of all nature, right? He is the controller of every physical substance, right? And so Jesus is saying we need to have faith in God, um, that He can move mountains and believe that He will, right? You know, if He needs to, He will move a mountain for us, right? To get His people out of Egypt, He moved an ocean, right? He moved the Red Sea, uh, okay? So it's not, it's not a, a thing that's, that's too big for God. For men, it's too much. We cannot move it, but God can move it. And so Jesus says we must have faith in God. We must trust that God can move mountains and it will happen. And if we pray that God will move a mountain, then God will move a mountain, depending, of course, on His, his desire, you know, His will, and also, I think, uh, the situation and our sincerity. Um, these are the things. I mean, obviously, we're not going to go around and, and try to have some magic show and say, okay, let me pray to God. He's going to move this mountain. You just watch, right? Um, I don't think it's for show or for selfish purposes. But um, I believe that God has a purpose in the things that He does, right? And I think we have to have faith and know that God really will and really can move even a mountain, whatever it is. Whether that's, you know, small or some, some little problem in our life, okay, or that's a literal mountain, God can move it. It's not a problem for Him, right? Yeah, yeah. He is above nature. He's nature's designer. So, of course, he's yeah, supernatural. He's, he's the God of all nature, right? He's above everything. So, yeah, he can move it. And Jesus says we need to have this faith. We need to have this belief um, and not doubt, but trust and believe that we receive it. And he says it will be yours. So, as a rule in prayer, we need to be people of faith. We need to be people of trust. We need to be those who believe that God will do things, right? And just know. And you will see uh, the blessings of God. God does not want to disappoint His trusting, faithful children. God wants to help us to grow. Um, the trouble, I think, is that so often uh, we are very quick to doubt the power of God or the willingness of God to help, right? And so this is, this is, this is our struggle. This is human beings' problem. This is not God's problem. God does not doubt his ability. God knows his ability, right? Yeah. Okay, so um, Jesus says we need to have faith. Now Peter, Peter followed Jesus, right? Okay, um, but Peter never saw a tree just wither like that, <laughs> right? But when Jesus spoke, that tree, it shriveled up. Jesus cursed the tree and it shriveled up, right? So there's an awesome power there that is the power of God. And Jesus says that God's faithful followers, you know, also have the ability or opportunity to be connected with the same kind of power, to be connected with the infinite, everlasting God, who can do those things, right? Um, and prayer is the way. Prayer is the key for being connected with this great God and having faith, right? Faith is so important. They say prayer is the, I forget how exactly how the expression goes, but um, I said it the other day, you know, basically, 
that the prayer is like the key in the hand of faith to unlock God's treasure house, God's storehouse of riches. So we have to have the prayer. Yeah, yeah, prayer is the key in the hand of faith. It must be the hand of faith. If you don't have a hand of faith or belief of faith, your prayer will not be so powerful, right? You need faith to lift up that key, to lift up prayer, and to open the door to see God's blessing and God's grace and God's things coming to you. And can you remember that idiom? Well, it's, it's not like an idiom, but it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a quote in some ways from, from a certain author uh, that I think is a very good Christian author. Um, so anyway, it's true. You know, God is not limited like we are limited, right? And he says we need to have this kind of faith when we pray and trust in God. Um, furthermore, he mentions in verse 25, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you, you your sins. So, uh, Jesus teaches us that when we have faith in God, when we have a belief, and when we have a relationship with God through prayer, we need to also make sure that our relationships with others are right. When we worship God, we don't just say, okay, well, I'm going to worship God and have my relationship with God, and I don't care about other people. You know, and, and so you have something between somebody. You know, maybe they, they wronged you, and you said, I'm not going to forgive you. Right? This is a problem. Okay? Our, our attitude and the way that we treat other people is very important. God says, you stand here before me as a forgiven person, and you're praying to me and you're talking to me, but how can you, how can you have this life and, and basically pretend to be a righteous person, you know, or pretend to live for me and honor me, but you don't forgive other people? God says, you know, I forgive you so much. I forgive you all of your sins through the blood of Jesus Christ. And can you not forgive your neighbor? Can you not forgive that family member who caused some problem for you? <laughs> right? You know, uh, Jesus says we must forgive. Um, if we stand there praying and we know there's something we have against somebody, you know, uh, okay, we didn't forgive somebody or we have some problem. Maybe we didn't apologize to somebody. Maybe we did something wrong to another person. Also, we need to try to make this right. We cannot just sit there and only pray, but not make right our mistakes, right? So Jesus says you need to go and make it right. Forgive someone, you know? If they need forgiveness, forgive them, right? Uh, don't hold some grudge or, in your heart. Um, okay, well, it says, okay, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him. So you're holding a grudge or something. You should forgive. Yeah, um, even if they don't apologize, we, we still have to forgive. Think about what Jesus, think about what happened to Jesus on the cross. You know, he was being put to death, and he said the words, he said the words, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Right? These men, they mocked Jesus, they spit in his face, many of them, they whipped Jesus, uh, they treated him terribly. And as Jesus was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Right? So Jesus already had in his heart, in his mind, an attitude of forgiveness. Now, he didn't, he didn't go to those people and say, I forgive you. He didn't go to their face and say that. Right? But in his mind, and, and before the Father, God the Father, he says, 
you know, Father, forgive them. Right? You know Jesus already was forgiving these people. Even though they're doing the action to hurt him right now, at this time, he's suffering from the hands of these people. And even at the time of his suffering, Jesus was already forgiving the people. He said, Father, forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing. Right? Stephen was a human being too. Do you know Stephen? 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 He was the first Christian martyr. Okay. He, you can read about him in the book of Acts, but he, he basically he died for his faith. And uh, the Jewish leaders, they took him out uh, to this place outside the city and they stoned him to death. They took stones and they threw the stones at him until he died. Right. Because of or, his yeah, because of his belief and his teaching about Jesus. They hated Jesus and they hated the servants of Jesus. And so they, they stoned him because of that. But God allowed him to die in peace and he said, Father, do not lay this sin to their charge. Do not lay this, this sin and this guilt on them. You yeah. know? Right. So even Stephen was forgiving, even like Jesus forgave. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Stephen said this basically the same thing. You know, don't lay this sin to their charge. Forgive them for their foolish mistake of killing me. Right? Mm. Uh, forgive me meaning can include the understanding. I think forgive mm. meaning is uh, a little bit upper position. So we are same human beings. So mm -hmm. I think understand we can understand each other. Mm -hmm. We can forgive. So mm. that meaning forgive meaning is understanding. Mm, okay, well, understanding is part of it, but also forgiving, yeah. yeah I think can they can... We uh -huh. can understand and then uh -huh. we can forgive. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. So there's kind of an understanding that these people are maybe making a foolish mistake, mm -hmm. right? As Jesus forgave them, he knows they're, they're making a foolish mistake. Even, even Stephen knew these men are making a very foolish mistake. Basically he said, God did not lay this sin to their charge. Right. After meeting a God, yeah. in case, uh -huh. have you ever gotten uh, anger from others? Got, you mean gotten upset mm. from other people? Yeah, I think I've experienced that. Um, but I think that, that also we need to find in our hearts forgiveness. We cannot hold a grudge or hatred towards these people, right? Uh, we need to have this forgiveness in our heart. And I know that sometimes, you know, we experience some difficult situation. Maybe it's hard to forgive in a certain situation, but we have to. And we also need to pray to God that He will help us to have forgiveness and to let things go, right? Uh, to let it go, uh, to forgive. What kind of and things make you upset? What kind of things? <laughs> I don't I think. Just, it, uh, he, uh -huh. You always try to follow uh, his uh, will God's will. in his words. Yeah, yeah. So, even though you try to do, what kind of things interrupt mm -hmm. your belief? Uh, uh, I think I won't talk How about that very much. But, huh? How do you resolve it at the time you you are okay. upset? Um, okay. <laughs> uh, I think, I think that. <laughs> I don't get I don't I don't get upset too often. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't happen too often. Um, but I think that sometimes you need to just go away from the situation. You should pray about it. If your mind is very stressed, you know, you can be upset more easily, right? 
and if your mind is very stressed at some point, maybe you need to take some space and go talk with God about it. You need to pray to God about it, you know, and find, find a way from God to deal with the situation, right? Um, now, sometimes it's okay to be upset, but what Jesus is saying, especially in these verses, is that we should not hold a grudge. We don't hold something against, like, oh, I'm not going to forgive you. We have this bitterness in our heart. Yeah, everyone wants to do, but it, uh, yeah. it's not easy to control my mind, my, myself. That's why we ask God for His help, right? That's why we ask God, because we need God's help to give us a new heart. God is the one, He says, I give you a new heart. Yeah, I will give you a new heart. I will cleanse your heart, right? So we need to allow God to do that, and we have to choose. This is something God never takes away from us, is the freedom of choice, right? The freedom of choice. So we have to choose to uh, forgive. And we have to say, okay, God, please help me to forgive. I know I should forgive. Um, I want to forgive, but it's very hard for me. So you can say, please, God, help me to have forgiveness in my heart, right? And people have found great forgiveness for people. I know stories of... of Parents, Christian parents whose, whose children or child was, was killed by some terrible person, right? Some, some murderer. Uh, and, and, you know, it was so difficult for them and it was such a terrible, bitter experience, right? Um, but somehow, by the grace of God, they found a way. They found, some, they, they found forgiveness in their heart that would not be na there naturally. But by the grace of God, they were able to forgive even the person yeah, who murdered their son, right? And they even came to visit the person in prison, right? And to talk with them and share with them about Jesus. Yeah, this is incredible forgiveness. It's God's forgiveness. Yeah. Only pray make our mind be generous. Choice. Choice. Choice and culture, what we put into our mind, like God's Word, and the power of God. Yeah. Right? We need those things. We must have, yeah, choose. We must have the Word of God. We must have the power of God through prayer. Now, I think we should move on to the next point because we will not get anywhere towards chapter 12. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so basically, Jesus says, you know, forgive them, okay? So that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Yeah, he, does, he forgives our sins, so we need to be forgiving people like God is forgiving, right? Uh, Jesus says, the way you measure out to other people, it will be measured to you. So we need to learn from God to be the most forgiving people in the world. Um, and this is, this is the heart of a Christian, to be so forgiving. We need to know, and we need to learn from Jesus how, how to be forgiving, yeah? Okay, let's move on to point uh, verse 27. Verse 27. Let me, re let me read here a little bit, and we'll talk about it, and then we'll go on to chapter 12. Um, they arrived again in Jerusalem, and while Jesus was walking in the temple courts, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders came to him. By what authority are you doing these things? They asked. And who gave you authority to do this? Jesus replied, I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, was it from heaven or from men? Tell me. They discussed it among themselves and said, If we say from heaven, 
he will ask, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say from men, they feared the people, for everyone held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. And Jesus said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. So Jesus had done a lot of things in Jerusalem and among them. He had taught many things. He had healed many people. Uh, he had come into the temple in Jerusalem. He had thrown out the money changers, the, the sellers, the merchants who were there in the temple courts. He, he drove them out of the temple, you know, and said, my father's house is, is a house of prayer, not a house of merchandise. And the, the leaders now in Jerusalem, they've come to Jesus, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. They're asking him, by what authority? Who gave you the right, Jesus, to come and do this? You know, uh, obviously you're not employed by the conference. <laughs> you know, you're not employed by, you know, the, um, the Sadducees, you know, or the Pharisees, or the Sanhedrin, by the rulers of the Jewish nation. We didn't employ you. And you didn't come, you didn't study at our school. You didn't study at Pharisee school. So now they're just asking Jesus, by what authority do you do these things? Where do you get the authority or power? And so Jesus, um, he says, well, I will ask you a question and you answer me. Okay? And then he says, the baptism of John, is it from heaven or from men? So Jesus gives them a question to think about, first of all. Uh, he's wondering, okay, can they recognize God's authority when they see it? Or do they deny that it's God's authority, right? Because God himself sent John the Baptist. And God himself sent Jesus, right? And God himself sent many prophets, and that's the highest authority in all the universe. If God sends you, you have just been sent by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You have been sent by the Almighty God from everlasting. Right? He is the most powerful of any figure or authority figure. Um, so Jesus asked them, he just asked, I wonder if they recognize God's power, you know, in John. Okay, so he asked, okay, tell me, um, by what authority uh, did John do these things? Is it from heaven or from men? And uh, they start talking about it, and of course, uh, they know they're stuck. They're stuck because they didn't believe John. The Pharisees, the leaders didn't believe. Now the people, they all believed. John was from God. He was a prophet, messenger from God. We were, we were greatly blessed by his words. We were converted by his words. You know, he spoke the truth. Okay? So the people believed in John as a prophet. But the, the Pharisees, the leaders, uh, they felt like, no, John, he just bothered us. He doesn't teach exactly like we teach. He didn't go to our schools. We don't like John, right? So they had some problems with John. They didn't, they didn't trust or recognize that John came from God. I mean, he was blessed by the Spirit of God. He was sent by the Spirit of God to preach and teach. So now they're, they're kind of going back and forth. They say, well, if we say from heaven, he will ask, why didn't you believe him? Because Jesus knew these guys, they didn't believe John. They didn't recognize God's power working in John, right? 
And, and then they said, well, if we say from men, now they didn't want to say it because they're afraid of the people. All the people believed John was a prophet. And the Pharisees are standing there in the middle of the crowd, and there's Jesus, and all the people, they believe, yeah, John is a prophet of God. John had the Spirit of God, right? But these, these religious leaders, they didn't want to say that. They didn't believe John. They didn't trust in John and his message. So now they're sitting there and they're a little bit worried. They don't want to bring it up because they know all the people will be like, what are you talking about? Of course John was from God, right? You know? So now they're just, oh, we cannot tell. We cannot say. You know? And so Jesus says, okay, fine. Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. And they just closed their mouths. They couldn't say anything, right? Um, because, you know, if they couldn't recognize God's power working through John, how could they recognize God's power working through Jesus? Right? Jesus was not sent by men, and God, uh, John was not sent by men either. Right? These, these guys were sent by the blessing of God, by the Spirit of God, right, to preach God's truth. Yeah. Um, so Jesus, he deals with their question very wisely. Right? He deals with it very wisely. Always, Jesus was full of wisdom. Jesus is wisdom, right? Um, and so he spoke, he spoke well to them. Okay, perhaps if there's no comment, we'll move on to chapter 12. Was there any comment on that part or question? Okay, all right, let's begin with chapter 12. And how about Nicole? You can start reading for us. Then began to speak to them in parables. A man planted the vineyard, he put a wall around it, dug a pit for the wine press, and built a watch tower. Okay, the wine press is what they would use to smash the grapes in the vineyard. They would take them and they would make the grape juice or the wine yeah, yeah. from them. Okay, this vineyard, vineyard. Um, now the tenants are the people who are kind of like renters, but but also in this case they're more like landlords, uh, and they're they're kind of like the people who are taking care of this this property. You know, they're farming out the area for the owner of the property. You know, so they should take care of this vineyard uh, for him. And if he comes and he wants some fruit, they should give him fruit because he's the real owner. Yeah. Okay. Let's continue. Okay, let's stop. So at the time of the harvest, it says, okay, now basically the fruit should be there on the, vine on the, on the vines in the vineyard. You should see lots of fruit. So at the time of harvest, okay, he sent them a servant uh, to collect some of this fruit, but they sent him away empty-handed. They didn't give him anything. They gave him no fruit. Okay, and then how about Jiang? Can read for the next verse? And he sent another servant to them. They struck this man on the head and treated him shamefully. He sent still another, and that one they killed. 
kids and many others. Some of them they beat, others they killed. Okay, let's stop there for a minute. So the vineyard owner, he keeps sending many servants, right? Mm -hmm. But it says they sent him away empty-handed, then some of them they beat, they treated shamefully, and they even mm -hmm. killed, even killed some of the, the owner's servants, right? These guys are terrible tenants, yeah, right? <laughs> kind of like terrorists, right? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Terrible. The These people. Tenants? Uh huh, uh huh. The tenants. Uh, compared to us, yeah, God uh, gives us uh, some prophets and teachers, but uh, we kill the him like that yeah. kind of thing. Uh huh. So, yeah, yeah. And, well, and there's a more direct application, but the, you have the basic idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so, that's, so let's see the last of all. Okay, it's, it's true what you said. Basically, um, okay, verse 6, can you read that one? Um, he had one left to send a son, whom he loved. He sent him last of all, saying, They will respect my son. But the tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. Okay, let's stop there, and then how about Betty can read from verse 8? <laughs> So they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. Uh, what then will the, the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and kill those ten attendants and mm -hmm. give the vineyard to others. Haven't you read this scripture? scripture? The stone the builders, builders rejected. rejected has become the cat. Capstone. Uh huh. Capstone is like the cornerstone in a building. It's a. It's like the most important stone that they would have. Uh, yeah. The road has done this, and it is uh, marvelous in our eyes. Then they looked for looked for a way to arrest him because they knew he had spoken the parable against them, but they were afraid of the crowd. So they left him and went away. All right, thank you. Yeah. Okay, so Jesus is still there, you know, the same scene. And these guys had, uh, you know, asked him about his authority. And he explained that to them. He says, no, I, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. And then he began to speak in these parables, right? And he told this story. Um, and he says, finally, last of all, you know, we just... We read this, last of all, he sent his son. He sent many messengers, many servants, and they killed, they treated them terribly. And then finally here, he sent his son. He said, they'll respect my son, but they killed his son. All right? They killed his son. And then it says, uh, yeah, they threw him out of the vineyard. And then verse 9. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others to others. Haven't you read the scripture? The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone or the, some Bibles say the chief cornerstone, which is the, the, basically the most important stone in the building to get everything set. All your angles should be set right and it's very strong, it's very solid and you can build off from that stone. You can build many things. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, this uh, kind of a proverb, the stone the builders rejected. Okay, if you think about it, builders are people who should know 
what a good stone is. You know, they should recognize very good material or very poor material, right? Um, these people are supposed to be the experts. They're supposed to be the people who know what you should use to build your building, right? Now, these guys, they rejected this stone. Some stone they rejected. And uh, this stone was an extremely important stone, right? It's the, the cornerstone. Everything should be built from there. Yeah, they didn't recognize it. And, um, and the, the Pharisees, they, when they heard this, they knew that Jesus was talking against them. So they started looking for a way to arrest him. They wanted to arrest Jesus, to take him as a prisoner, right? Um, and so they, they were also afraid of the crowd, so they just left him and went away, right? So oftentimes they didn't do something to Jesus in public, even though they really wanted to do something bad to him, right? Uh, okay, so they just kind of went away from the scene. But what is this story basically? Um, the vineyard is like God's people, right? The, there's the owner, the owner of the vineyard, the man who plants the vineyard, he digs the wall, he digs the pit for the wine press, he builds the watchtower, and then he rents out the vineyard to farmers and he goes on a journey, right? This is God, right? Yeah, and he, he comes and he makes his people, right? Like Israel, his people. And he gives to them everything that they need and they're supposed to be producing fruit in the vineyard. And when he comes for the fruit, they should give him fruit. But uh, you see here that at the time of the harvest, when he expected to find fruit, he sent someone to find fruit and they sent him away empty-handed. Now, these messengers that God keeps sending to his people, to the vineyard, to Israel, okay, these are his prophets, right? God sent the many prophets, like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, you know, many, many, many other prophets and messengers. You know, um, Elijah, Elijah the prophet, Elisha, uh, so many prophets that God sent to his people over and over again. But some of them were turned away empty-handed. They found there was no fruit of righteousness. So many people, they didn't listen to the prophet. Um, some of them were shamefully handled. They were abused. They were mistreated. You know, um, Jeremiah was thrown down into a, into like a large kind of dungeon or pit with bad water in it. And he was, he was stuck there for a number of days and, you know, just hungry and suffering in this pit, just waiting there, you know. Uh, and finally he was taken out of the pit, right. But he was terribly treated, right. And other prophets, they killed. These people, they killed prophets, right. They, sometimes they would try to stone people or whatever else. Um, this wicked woman, uh, Jezebel, she was the wife of King Ahab, and the Bible says that she killed uh, so many of the prophets of God. Just killed them. She hated them. She wanted to follow this, uh, these false gods like Baal worship, uh, where they worshiped the sun, and they had also different idols that they made, um, and they, they would worship these idols and burn incense to them and everything else, right? Uh, she did not follow faithfully the true God. She did not believe in His commandments. She did not keep them. And she hated the prophets of God. The ones who taught like the Ten Commandments and who taught the Law of Moses. She hated those things. Right? So 
throughout the history of Israel, over and over and over again, God sent them prophets, obey my word, obey my law, listen to my voice, fear God, turn back to Him, repent of your sins, be forgiven, right? Um, God will, will guide you in a, in a good way if you come back to Him, okay? And over and over and over again, God sent the prophets and they could not find the fruit that should be there in Israel, right? And so then he, Jesus says, finally, the vineyard owner sent his son. And he said, they will hear my son. Maybe they will, maybe they will listen to my son. Right, and that's they, Jesus. They killed even the son. But they killed even the son. Yeah, it says, no, they, they took, but they took the son and they killed him. I, I, I don't understand why they, they did do their, those kinds of behavior. Mm, it's very evil, right? Wicked. They are not, not wise. Yeah, not wise, right? By those kinds of behavior, they didn't, they don't, they can't, mm -hmm. they can't gain what they want. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very foolish. Yeah, Wait. foolish. Yeah. yeah. To disobey God is a foolish thing. <laughs> and to treat his prophets so terribly is a foolish thing. Yeah. So, in the end, they took Jesus, the very Son of God, whom he loved, it says, and they killed him, right? And so then Jesus, you know, he just asked them, well, what will, what will the owner of the vineyard do? And, of course, the answer was, well, he's going to take those wicked, those wicked um, servants or tenants, and he will kill them and give the vineyard to others, right? So, the blessing of God... Um, the mark of being God's people, right? He says he will give this to others. He will give the responsibility of bearing fruit to others, mm -hmm. right? Now, um, the Bible speaks about how the gospel was going to the Gentiles, right? There were those in, in Israel who believed. Some Jews believed, right? Mm -hmm. and, then, and then God also s spread his faith and continued spreading it to those who were not Jewish, right? But basically, in the New Testament, we find that, that God's true Israel, like spiritual Israel, even today, is made up from both Jews who believe in Jesus Christ and who follow His words, um, and from Gentiles, or non-Jewish people by blood, um, who also believe in Jesus Christ. That it says that they are grafted into the vine. They become The true vine of Israel is not just those who are born like Jewish or something but it's those who believe and have faith in God and especially His work and His Son, Jesus Christ. Those who trust in Jesus Christ. So, so God's true Israel in the last days is those who believe in Jesus Christ. Those who follow the Son of God, right? And who obey God's commandments. So it's made up from the Gentile people who believe and also uh, literally Jewish people who also believe, right? Um, it is those who have faith in God, right? Even the Israel, even Israel, that name, uh, means, means like one who has faith and believes, right? Who is an overcomer, one who is an overcomer, Israel. So, um, basically, Jesus was saying, it's going to be taken from you and given to others, okay? You don't bring forth the fruit, so the Jewish nation will not be my special nation, is what Jesus is saying. I will take it away from them. I will give it to others. I will give the blessing of God to others, to those who believe, to those who respect the Son of God, you know, to those who respect the God who sent the prophets and the God who sent His Son. I will give the vineyard to them, 
and they will bear fruit for me, because you people are not doing it. I have a question. Yes. There are exist others. What is it? Uh, to others. Yeah, yeah. You were to others. Uh, he will come and kill those tenants and mm -hmm. give the vineyard to others. Mm, 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 mm. At that time, others exist. Other people. Yeah. Other people. Oh yeah. So give it to other people, uh, Gentile why, and why Jewish who believe. Why the God um, first uh, give them other, give others the vineyard? Uh, okay. God chose Abraham because Abraham was faithful to God. Okay. Abraham is like the father of the Jewish nation. They're, those are just children. You have Abraham, then his son Isaac, um, and then Jacob. Okay. He's, so at the first time yeah. we are not his uh, people. Okay, uh, uh, God chose God chose Abraham. Israel as his people, yeah. which are the children of Abraham. Actually, um, Jacob's name was Israel. Mm -hmm. it, they changed God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. Jacob. Yeah, Jacob, right? <laughs> and he became Israel. Yeah. So the name Israel actually comes from. Uh, the grandson of Abraham. You have Abraham, then Isaac, his son, and then then Jacob. Yeah. And Jacob was Israel, right? So so the children of Israel are the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? So that's why God chose Abraham because he was a very faithful man to God. And God says, I know his heart, that he keeps my commandments and my decrees. He does my will. He will command his children to follow after him. I know he's a good guy for me to choose. God says, I will choose him and I'll give my truth to him. I'll give my blessing to him and his people, his descendants, they should carry my truth. Right? They're like my messenger to the world. They should carry my truth. Um, see, it was never that God only loved one people. God always loved all people. Okay? But he only chose the Jewish uh, yeah. Abraham's people. Yeah. yeah, because because Abraham was righteous. Among, among people in the earth, God looked around the earth and said, who is righteous, who follows my way? Uh, and Abraham was a man. At the time, we are not his people, just uh, through sacrifice of Jesus, mm -hmm. after that. Most, uh, okay, a lot of people, they, they didn't follow God. Okay, they did not believe in the true God anymore. Mm -hmm. they, many people created false religions from the time of Cain, when he killed his brother Abel, and then he departed from God's presence, he also had elements of false religion or human religion. And as people had went away from God, they began developing their own style of beliefs, like spiritual beliefs or religious beliefs. And they were apart from the truth. They were not true, right? So you have like many different belief systems and, these, and they had spread out into different people groups, right? So, um, not everybody was following God, but Abraham was a, was a man God found in the earth who was faithful. And God said, this man, yeah, yeah, he was like, he was like the, the right guy to choose, you know. So, God said, I will choose Abraham and his children. They must follow in his way and they must do my will. Unfortunately, not all the children did. But God still said, okay, they're still my people. Even if they don't follow me, they're not doing good, I'll send my prophets to them because they're the children of Abraham, only for the sake of Abraham. You know, if it wasn't for God's promise to Abraham, he would say, you miserable people, you know, because a lot of times they didn't follow him.
And sometimes in history, they were, they were doing even worse than the pagans. They know better. They know the truth. But they're doing worse than the, than the unbelievers because their action is terrible. Right? And that's why God sent the prophets. You know, God didn't find the fruit that should be there. So God sent prophets and sent prophets and they mistreated prophets. They didn't listen. Sometimes people listened. But mo many times they didn't. Right? So it was a struggle throughout history. You know? But um, these people were supposed to be God's light to the world, right? If there's a dark room, you know, you need a light. You don't need to put a light on every single wall. But you need, you need one light that has power and has brightness and can make light for the whole room, right? God said to Abraham, uh, through your seed, you will be a blessing to all nations, like to all people, right? So the blessing was never just for Abraham. It was to go through Abraham because he was faithful. And the blessing was to be for all the people of the world. Unfortunately, uh, when the Jews did not follow, when many people didn't follow God, they couldn't be a light to the world. Because even they were living in darkness. Yeah, the nations around were living in darkness, and even the people who were supposed to be God's light, they were also living in darkness. Right? So they could not be a bright light. And then the Jews, many of them also became very selfish and self-centered. And they thought, well, we are the chosen people. We are the chosen nation. So we will not talk to those unclean people around us. Right? So many of them got this very, uh, very evil mind, right? where they were very selfish, and they didn't want to share God's truth. You know, so God was so frustrated with his people you know, over and over again, sending them messengers, sending them truth, sending them prophets. You know, thankfully, some faithful people, they preserved God's truth and they believed the prophets, right? And then God sent His Son, finally. He sent His Son. And, and at that time, when they rejected His Son, God said, that's it. This is the final, the final card for Israel. The game is over for Israel, right? The game is over, right? You, you, you've sinned far too many times and far too much, and you've rejected even the Son of God. You cannot be my faithful light. You cannot be my faithful people. But those who believe, I will give the blessing to them. I will take my, my blessed vineyard and I will give it to those who believe. Right? Those people, whoever believes, they will be my people. They will be my light to all the world. Yeah. Because of so. Abraham's faith, uh -huh. they, uh, they, they were chosen from God. Chosen. They were chosen. They were chosen. From God. But because of that, they, they, were dis they destroyed mm -hmm. their privilege. Yeah, they destroyed their privilege. Exactly. They did not appreciate their special blessing from God. Yeah, unfortunately. The builders are tenants? Uh, well, it says actually that, I think it says that God had built. Ah, oh, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. Okay, um, where it says the builders rejected the stone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. Um, it's the tenants, but it's also, in a special sense, it even refers to the leadership of the people. It even refers, yeah. Because, because the leaders had rejected even the Son of God, the most important stone, the cornerstone, right? So if they throw that out, they have nothing, right? They have nothing. And so Jesus brought out this point, and he quoted, that's actually one of the Psalms, you know, and that Psalm talks about the Messiah, right? 
So yeah, very incredible. And Jesus brings out this statement, yeah, of what they would do. So very unfortunate situation, but God was saying, that's it, you know, this is your last chance. And here you are, you're killing the Son of God. He warned them even before they did it. He says, you're killing the Son of God, right? God's own Son whom He loves. Uh, so they went away angry, and they wanted to arrest Him. Hmm? To, to this world? To this world? Mm. Still sends prophets? Mm. Um, God, definitely, God has um, prophets like... Um, I don't know if we can just point and say like this prophet and that prophet necessarily, um, but in the early church, in the early church, we can see there were prophets that were sent to the believers. Yeah, um, And God says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. That's a quote from Joel. Um, I believe it's in chapter 2 of Joel. Um, not positive. Uh, but uh, in Acts chapter 2, that same quote is mentioned, uh, where God says, I'll pour out my spirit on my people, and they will prophesy. So I believe definitely God gives spiritual gifts to his people. Yeah, even today, God gives spiritual gifts, yeah. So, um, but we just have to make sure, okay, uh, that, that people are speaking according to God's word. A true prophet of God will never speak against what the Bible says. I mean, they will never, they will never speak things that are not in harmony with the Bible. I think, like right. God, yeah. uh, even though he's sent the prophet, he's sending oh. prophet. Mm. Uh, still going mm. on, mm. but we we didn't notice who is a real prophet. Mm. 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 Like the okay, okay. Case, oh. uh, uh, like these Jewish peoples, yeah. they didn't they didn't notice who is real prophet. Yeah, they can distinguish. Sure, sure. Yeah. I think I think it happens also, uh, but we should be able to recognize. And I believe I believe the first place that we need to go is to the Bible, because honestly, God has given us so many prophets, right? And God has given us, you know, so many messages, and even very direct messages through His Son, Jesus Christ, and through the apostles of the, of the church, right? The 12 apostles that Jesus chose. And so, you know, if we want to evaluate things rightly and understand things rightly, we really need to go back to the Bible. We need to go back to the messages that God has sent through His prophets. And as we begin to understand the, the, the Bible's teaching, then we can evaluate clearly if somebody else is also a messenger of God, right? Uh, we need to know, based on what the Bible says, okay, that their, their word is, is true. Because, you know, some people, Jesus said there will be many false prophets. He says, watch out for false prophets. You know, they pretend to be you know, God's messengers, but they're not really faithful to the message. You know, um, if you think about the Islamic religion, uh, they say that, Mo that Muhammad was God's greatest prophet. And they think that Jesus Christ was a prophet. And they, think, they don't believe he's the son of God. And they think that, that uh, Muhammad was even a better or more powerful prophet than Jesus. Right? But if you look at his words, okay, his teaching, uh, many things that he teaches are totally against what the Bible actually teaches. Right? And he came like 500 years later after the time of Christ. Right? So, uh, should we just accept that guy? You know, I don't think so. Because his word does not agree with what the Bible says. Uh, these prophets, they came hundreds of years, even thousands of years before that guy ever came along, right? And Jesus Christ, God's own son, you know, came. And he's identified clearly in the prophets 
people accepted Jesus because Jesus was identified by the prophets. You know, the, the scriptures said this is what we should expect for Messiah. And we can see Jesus matches everything that the prophets said. Right? So, of course, we accept Jesus because he is identified by the prophets. Right? Now, if someone comes along and says, well, I'm the prophet of God, but their words do not agree with what the Bible is teaching or the scripture teaches, then we can say, this is not God's messenger because he doesn't agree with God's messages. Right? So that's maybe a short thing uh, about prophets that we should consider. Um, I know we could do a whole lesson on this. I have a whole lesson on prophets that I teach sometimes, but maybe we won't be able to do, it, to do that today. <laughs> maybe Bible is best to prophets. It's a, it's, the Bible is the center of our faith. I mean, it holds this, all the teaching for our faith. Yeah. Um, and from there, then we can evaluate if someone else is also a true messenger. But we must have the Bible as the centerpiece mm -hmm. to evaluate. We don't need to find another We don't need to find another. <laughs> what we need to do is listen to the ones God already sent, right? Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to just find one, but we have to listen to what God already said. Um, I think that's our big thing. Mm -hmm. Now, if God sent another messenger, yeah, okay, but their words must agree with what's already here in the Bible. Yeah, so we better know the Bible first <laughs> and then find out if somebody is really God's servant or not. The most important thing is right understanding. Mm -hmm. Right understanding of Bible. That's important. Yeah. 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 And I believe the more we know about the Bible, I think the more we can understand clearly. And, yeah, pray that God will guide us to understand rightly. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, I can have to understand it if I go along to uh -huh. read the uh, uh. Yeah. So, we, we have an opportunity right here, you know, to learn these things. Yeah. So, I know that God will bless. I know that God does bless us. And we're definitely able to learn some good things from the Bible here. So, uh, maybe our spiritual discernment will grow. Yeah, so don't go away from us. Okay. Um, um, until finishing this five class. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> By God's grace, I'll, I'll be here. And we'll just keep studying, and ultimately, Jesus will teach us everything. He is the greatest teacher. Yeah. So, let us uh, pray, yeah. and we'll finish our lesson for today. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this day. And thank you, Lord, for your righteous words of life and truth, for the many things that Jesus speaks to us and teaches us. Um, help us, Lord, to live according to your wisdom. Help us to follow you and to follow your words and your footsteps. Lord, help us to listen to the voice of your prophets as they are outlined in the Bible. And help us to listen clearly to the voice of your Son, Jesus Christ. Um, help us, Lord, to be accepting of those things that truly come from you and that truly come from heaven. Let us not be led astray by the things of men, but let us truly follow what is from you. We thank you, Lord, for your love and guidance. Please help us to have your peace and protection over the long weekend and um, help us to just experience your blessing and your spirit in our lives. Guide each one of us to study um, faithfully and to understand uh, who you are as you are revealed in the Bible. 
We thank you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.